0: your Bibles and turn to John chapter 3 this morning as we look at a text of scripture that is probably familiar to every person one way or the other whether it's because it was one of the first memory verses you were ever given or if you've watched an NFL game and you've seen the reference on a sideline and wonder why in the world is that person holding up a sign that says John three sixteen. But regardless of how familiar you are with John 3, 16 and 17 and 18, in this passage of scripture and in the sermon series around John chapter 3, the title of the series is simply Starting Over, how we can have and how God enables us to have a do-over in life because we all get to that point where we wish we could go back. We wish that we could rewind the tape of our life and go back to some moment and change something. But yet, you know, as human nature goes, I have met lots of people in my life that don't like change. I'm not talking about any of you sweet people. I'm just talking about people in the past that I have met that just don't like change. And in fact, I have heard this question given to me in more ways than I could count, as the title of the sermon today is, Why Should I? Maybe some of you guys have gotten the look. You're driving, and your sweet and precious bride is sitting next to you, and you're supposed to be going to a certain location, and you don't know exactly where you are. You're not really familiar with the surroundings. You may have taken a wrong turn. And the sweet wife looks at you and says, I think you should stop and ask for directions. And you utter those three famous words, Why should I? And then you proceed to tell them that if you just keep going, it'll come back to you. You'll find your way. You'll figure it out. Some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about because you gave up this a long time ago, some of you are looking at me saying, thanks for nothing, because now I'm going to have to hear it again. Or maybe some of you are up late on Christmas Eve, and you're trying to put some toy together for your child or maybe a grandchild, and you don't know where the instructions are And it's going to be 3 a.m. before you figure out all the parts and pieces of this toy that you don't know how to put together. And the suggestion is made, well, why don't you just read the instructions? Why should I? This is a child's toy. I can figure it out. I can do it all on my own. Or maybe you are the classic definition of insanity. The definition is, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you hope to get different results at some point. And You and all of your sweet godliness, kind character, say to yourself, why should I? Why should I change? Why should I do something different? I like the way I am, I just don't like how things turn out. Why should I do it a different way? I want to give you two remarkable reasons why. Why should I do anything different than what I've always done? Why should I get to any point in my life and say, you know, this is not going the direction that it should? Why should I ever look face to face with somebody that is living out that definition of insanity, why should I open my mouth and say something to them that they can actually change and start over? Why should I? Jesus gave Nicodemus two reasons. And these are the two most compelling reasons in all of the Bible. Listen, I'm going to say this as plain and straight as I can this morning. The great commission, the message that Jesus gave before he ascended into heaven, he told the disciples to go to the ends of the earth and take the message of the gospel and make disciples. That's what we should do. But friend, John 3:16, 17, and 18 is why we should. We ought to have as a church the heartbeat of the gospel of Jesus Christ in every song we sing, in every prayer that we offer, in every class that we teach, in every sermon that we preach and that you hear, and that every time we do anything as a church, John 3.16 should beat through our chest with a rapid heartbeat to say that is why we exist as a church. If you found John 3.16 and you were able to, would you stand? as we read these three verses of Scripture together and figure out this morning, why should I? Jesus said to Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are so thankful to have this moment to not only hear the words of the Lord Jesus in one of the most important conversations that was ever had, but Father, as we are in the same place as Nicodemus today, we ask you the question, why should I respond to this? Why should I listen to this? What should I do about this? And God, we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit today, That you would remind all of us the greatest gift that has ever been given and what we are to do with it. And we pray all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I promised you two reasons, and I want to give you two reasons. Why should I do anything about Jesus? Why should I do anything with Jesus? And why should I do anything for Jesus? Why should I? The Bible tells us, first of all, plain and straight in John 3, 16, the first heartbeat that ought to go into the chest of every single Christian and every single church, we are responsible to receive God's greatest blessing. Jesus Christ is God's greatest blessing. And the moment that we hear these words that is is called the, the gospel in a nutshell, we ought to receive this message with joy, with thanksgiving, with an incredible excitement, and we ought to do something with it. Because you see, Jesus broke down the gospel like this. He said, first of all, for God so loved the world. Friend, here is a remarkable truth that ought to warm every heart in this place. If the only aspect of this sermon that I highlighted to you was the very love of God, we could all swim for an eternity in the depth of the ocean of the love that God has for you. I don't know how aware you are that God loves you because of who you are and where you are When you are, who you belong to, and God has uniquely made you exactly how you are. See, we're all different people. We all have different personalities. We have different likes and dislikes. We have different preferences to things. But God in his sovereignty is able to love you because he has formed and fashioned you and he made you to be just like you are and God desires to use you and bless you and make a difference in the world through you. Because the Bible reminds us of the love of God in Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You ever feel like your life is less than it ought to be? Do you ever feel like you are less fulfilled than you should be? Is there ever a missing portion of joy in your life? Do you ever get lost, mom, in the diapers? Do you ever get lost, dad, in what you do for a living or what responsibilities you have at home? Do you ever get so wrapped up in the stuff that life throws at you that it just seems like you're not? as happy as you should be dive in to the love of God remind yourself that the sovereign creator that literally holds every atom and molecule in the entire universe in the palm of his hand loves you enough to send his greatest blessing to make sure that you have eternal life and not just that He sent His Spirit. He gives you His Word. Like it or not, He gives you us. Listen, when you became a Christian, you got me whether you liked it or not. I'm part of the family of God, and I got you whether I asked for it or not. But this loving family is part of the ocean of the depth of the love of God. Jesus said, For God so loved the world, That He gave His only Son. But notice what else it says in verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, God did not give you a car. God did not give you a house. God did not give you clothes or food as just some token of His appreciation God gave heaven's best for the worst of the earth. God gave Himself for you. And Jesus Christ hung on a cross 2,000 years ago as the best gift that God could give so that his wrath would not be poured out on you, but would be poured on his Son as well. Now listen, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Brother Andy. we hear this all the time. We know about Jesus. We're here because of Jesus, for the most part. We know all about John 3.16. Tell us something we don't know. Friend, I'm going to tell you something that you do know that you oftentimes forget and that is without Jesus you would be nothing without Jesus you would have nothing now some of us don't appreciate the gift of eternal life like we should some of us spend more time on our smartphone than we do with Jesus some of us spend more time in front of a television or computer screen looking for the next best streaming service that's coming out so that we can binge watch all of this stuff more so than we spend time in the Word of God. And I'm telling you that God's greatest blessing is not the freedom to watch Disney movies. It's not the freedom to be on Snapchat. It's not the freedom to go and make a lot of money and have a big house. It's not so that you can just Do whatever in the world you want to and tip your hat at Jesus whenever you feel like it. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever believes in Him would not die forever but will live forever. And if that's true, and we know that it is, then we need to receive God's greatest blessing. I don't just mean once and check the box. Some of you walked down an aisle years ago. Some of you filled out a card. Some of you followed in obedience and baptism. Some of you have served. Some of you have done lots of things for the benefit of the church. And to God be the glory for your salvation and for your service. But as long as there is life in your lungs, breath, as long as your heartbeat is strong, as long as you have life on this planet, you ought to be absolutely consumed with the love of God. And How often do we get distracted with all these temporary things? How often do we lose our joy of our salvation because we're not happy that our internet is slow? How often do we let the joy of our life get robbed, not because we're focusing on the love of God, but because we don't have the latest fancy gadget? Friend, God did not send His Son to die on the cross so that you could have everything you wanted, jesus died on the cross so that you could live with god forever there was a mom trying to teach her little toddler this bible verse and they were going through it verse by or, you know uh, phrase by phrase and she got there toward the end and she said so that we won't perish but have everlasting and then she paused hoping that he would say life, but she said, that she quoted, that you would have everlasting, and her son, her little toddler said, fun! And that's exactly why Jesus died. So that you would have everlasting life and enjoy the presence of God. Friend, don't let stupid things, don't let temporary things, don't let earthly things rob you of this joy of the absolute love of God now listen to me carefully I don't know where any of you are in your relationship with God I could tell you whether or not you're a member of this church I could tell you you know about how many times you're here in this building I could look at you and say well they smile But you and God know whether or not you have eternal life. And if there is one of you that is hoping and trusting in something other than receiving the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, if you have never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you do not have eternal life. Because Jesus said God so loved the world that He gave His only Son That whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And friend, I don't know if you've ever believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't mean do you know about Him? Do you know facts about Him? If you can find John 3.16 in your Bible, I'm asking whether or not if your life came to an end today, do you have confidence to know that your eternal destiny rests upon your faith, And trust in Jesus Christ if you've never trusted in Jesus then there's no better day to be born again than today and in just a few moments I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus Christ and to be born again right now today I saw a man who proposed to his girlfriend And one of the most unique, interesting ways I've ever seen. He's a surfer in Hawaii. His girlfriend is a surfer. This past week, they were both on a surfboard riding the wave. And somehow or other, he turned around, put one knee on the surfboard while he's surfing, and held out the ring, which he dropped but he had a spare. It was the thought that counts, right girls? Let's hope that that was the Cracker Jack box, 25 cent ring, and the real one was on the shore. But she said yes, even though he was nuts, and he got the real ring off of the shore. But although I've never seen that kind of proposal before, and it took the picture for me to believe that somebody could actually do that, I'm telling you today, That God has asked you to enter into an eternal relationship with Him. And He didn't drop the ball. He didn't mess up. He did it right the first time. Jesus does it right every time. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, what in the world are you waiting for? There's no better invitation. There's no better love letter that's ever been written. There's no better gift. There's no better blessing that could ever come from heaven than the Lord Jesus Christ being given for you. Why should I? Because all of eternity rests upon that decision. Now many of you have made that decision for Christ, I trust. I see evidence in your life of the Lord Jesus doing things in you. And you would say, Pastor Randy, I made that decision many years ago to trust in Jesus, and I know that if my life ended today, that I would step out of this life and enter into eternal rest with the Lord Jesus Christ. So my next question then for you is, why should you bother telling anybody about the greatest gift that you know? Here's the second reason. The Bible tells us not only to receive God's greatest blessing. But Jesus also reminds us to share God's greatest benefit. The greatest benefit of the gift of Jesus Christ is not only the gift of eternal life, but listen to what Jesus says. Verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Friend, do you know today that if you have entered into a love relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and if you've trusted in Jesus, that God has forgiven you of every ridiculous thing that you've ever done and that you ever will do, and it is all covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, never to be seen again. Oh, I wish I had a nickel for every counseling hour I've spent trying to help people forgive and forget. I wish I had a nickel every time I'd had a conversation with somebody who says, Brother Randy, I can forgive that person, but I'll never forget. Do you know that God is the only person who is perfectly capable to forgive and perfectly capable to forgive. In fact, the Bible says that he throws our sins, removes them from as far as the east is from the west, never to return back where they started. Your sins are on an infinite journey away from the presence of God and they will never be reminded to him again. This is a relief to some of you. Because some of y'all have done some really dumb things. Some of you would say, listen, if I could rewind my life and go back to this, man, I would do something different. If I could just go back to, what if? Here's the bad thing about the world and the land of what if. It doesn't exist. Well, what if I had done this? My life would have been different. What if I had just said this? Then I wouldn't be in this situation. What if I had done this? Then this person would have been like this and not like that. You can't live in the world of what if. You'll go crazy. Some of y'all are mostly there already. Amen. I know (laughs) it. I hope you're related to whoever you're amening for. But you can't turn back time and go back to this, well, what if I had just done that? But you can bring every sin, every mistake, every shortcoming, every fault and failure of yours to the very feet of God and say, God, would you have mercy on me, a sinner, and forgive me for all that I've done and you, my friend, can have every sin forgiven and forgotten. That is the greatest gift that God could possibly give. Yes, you can have eternal life, but what if in heaven God said, ah, remember that? Could you imagine an eternity's worth of being nagged About every bad thing you've ever done. I mean, some of y'all get it at home. Sometimes couples, this is just, this is totally free, by the way. Sometimes when couples fight, usually it's the wife, she can either get hysterical or she can get historical. And guys, when your wife gets historical, just duck. When she starts saying, well, you know, 17 years ago on the 3rd of May, whenever you said what you did at 1.15 p.m., it really hurt my feelings. You don't even remember what you had for breakfast yesterday. But you see, we can get historical and remember the sins of the past. One of the greatest blessings of God is if it is forgiven by God, it is forgotten in the ocean of the grace of God. Why should I ever tell somebody about forgiveness? Why should I ever tell somebody about the grace of God? Why should I, as a born-again child of God, tell my neighbor who is wallowing in sin and regretting every second of of their life, Why should I tell them that they can be forgiven and that their sins can be forgotten? Friend, because not only are they dying eternally, they are dying internally as well. People beat themselves up daily over their past mistakes that they cannot change, but I'm telling you that you have in your life the key to unlock the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, and the forgottenness of God. And there is somebody in your life that needs to know that. And maybe that somebody is you. You can't visit the world of what if. But you can come to the cross of Jesus Christ. You cannot erase what you have done or what others have done for you or to you or in spite of you, but you can bring all of that hurt and pain to the cross of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us and wash us of all unrighteousness. That's why Jesus said in verse 18, whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Just this past week, a man went to the courthouse in Frankfurt to argue to get a personalized license plate. He tried to get a personalized license plate in Kentucky before, and because of several laws on the book, he finally got his wish, and his new Kentucky license plate simply reads, I'm God. I'm God. I would say to that man, you're not, but one day you'll meet Him. And when you meet the one true and living God, it will either be on your terms or on His. And if you meet the Lord Jesus Christ and you meet God on your terms, it will be for God to be as judge for your sins. But if you meet God and you are introduced to the person of Jesus, on His terms, you can be forgiven of every sin you've ever committed. And friend, I'm telling you, there are people all around that need to know they are not God. But that God sent His Son, not to condemn, but to save. And Jesus says, Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I'm not going to lie. I love these kinds of, these kind of ridiculous stories of people that do things and that it takes 10, 12, 15 years for something to happen. Like these I put a note in a bottle and I threw it into the ocean. And my true love found it some years later. Well, this isn't that kind of story. But a guy was in Massachusetts as a 10-year-old, wrote a handwritten note, put it inside of a glass bottle, sealed it up, told whoever finds the note to write me back. Took that note, sealed it in that bottle 10 years ago, threw it off the coast of Massachusetts. Just a few weeks ago, somebody in southern France, 10 years later, found that bottle, opened that note up, and began to type, telling that boy, who is now a college student, that he had found the note, was writing to him, and wanted him to know that his note was successful. Now, let me just get the creepy part out of the way I wouldn't suggest anybody putting their address in a bottle, throwing it in the ocean, because you don't know, people find stuff, they do weird things, that's half of how my brain works. But you think of the thousands of miles that this bottle traveled, that it didn't get eaten by a shark or a whale, that it was not just washed up on the coast of some forgotten island that nobody lived on, that it actually floated in the ocean for 10 solid years before it finally got to someone who not only took time to take it, open it, read it, but somebody who knows English, somebody who knew what the note said, somebody who took the time to sit down and to type out a response letter and mail it back to him? What are the odds that this would happen ten years later, one off the coast of Massachusetts in the United States, the other all the way on the other side of the Atlantic in southern France, that this letter would ever be read? And yet, God wrote a letter to you and to your neighbor, and to your friend, and to your cousin, and to your roommate, and to your friends at school, 2,000 years ago, and said, I love you. And I want you to know and love me. And to show you how much I love you, I gave you the best gift that could ever be given and I want you to have it and it's free and if you accept this gift not only will you know me and I'll know you but you can be with me in heaven forever and then you can start sharing that message with people that need to hear it why should I Because your eternal destiny rests on what you do with God's love letter to you. And so does the spiritual destiny of the person next to you, the person across the street from you, as well as the person across the ocean from you. And what you do with Jesus will determine yours and their eternal destiny. Why should I? Because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank You for the gift of Your grace. We thank You, God, for the depth of Your love. We thank You, God, for the concern that you have for our soul. God, we thank you for the manner in which you give the greatest gift. That it didn't come just wrapped up in something that we want or something that we lust after. Rather, God, you gave us the best gift of all. You gave us yourself. And Father, if there is just one person here today, has never placed their faith and trust in Jesus. If there's just one person, God, who has no confidence at all that if their life were to end today, that they would have that promised eternal life that Jesus talked to Nicodemus about. God, that today would be the day that your Holy Spirit would call them and draw them to Jesus, that today they would be eternally saved. Father, I pray for that same conviction upon all of us that know Jesus. That we would be so passionate, so concerned, and so consumed with the gospel that we cannot help but to tell others and to let others see Jesus in us in all ways. God, may you use this time of decision to bring glory and honor to Jesus. Give us the boldness to respond to you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Randy Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me for What's the Word? That show airs every Wednesday night at six o'clock on 101.9 WAIN right here in the heart of Adair County in Columbia, Kentucky. Or you can catch the replay of What's the Word on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. And you can find that in several different places. You can find it at anchor.fm backslash Way on the internet, or you can find it on different apps and, and places that carry podcasts like iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and all sorts of uh, places. You can find this broadcast, you can find messages that I've preached, and I just want to encourage you to make it a point to tune in, subscribe, and listen to all sorts of content that's on my podcast, which is called, again, Walk This Way. Thank you so much for joining me.